Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jai Carr, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Grid and Grace. Where are you afraid of your power? And I hope you are having a wonderful summer. Um, summer for me is a wonderful time to allow the heat to bring forth that which we <laughs> that which we normally don't want to have come forth. We're scared of it. We don't know what to do with it. Um, people will judge us or punish us for it. But, um, you know, that's life. Um, if you're not living it as an, as an adventure, not unlike uh, a roller coaster, um, you're probably staying as a non-participant in your own life. So that said, let me read today's um, write-up, and um, we'll go from there. Power is a concept and energy many women are ambivalent about, feeling both a poverty of it in their life and yet conflicted in claiming more of it. Understandable, as for so long women have been subjugated to forms of power, destructive, demeaning, and denigrating. The good news is there's a growing awareness of this state of affairs and growing support for going from um, hashtag me too to hashtag no more. Power for women can be embraced as not in conflict or denial of our deepest values and truths as women, that all life is precious and worthy of support. Yes, this is not the current form of power, which is based in control, in might makes right, in power over those less able to defend themselves. Embracing our power as women will will require We no longer agree to be silent, to always be nice, and to not make waves, and to not become a mirror of what we do not like about other forms of power. Today, I want to talk about women's ways of power, the power of compassion, and the power of our dignity, nobility, and divinity as women. So here's why I'm talking about where are you afraid of your power. Um... In my work with women and couples, I watch how women get into trouble when they go to a certain edge, and then they feel, as I said, unsafe or unsure or unwilling (laughs) to risk um, to actually engage their power. And so often what happens is instead of engaging their authentic power and their inner authority, Women will go passive-aggressive. Women will go um, uh, what I call backstabbing. Women will, you know, as in they'll smile to your face, but as soon as you leave the room, you know, watch out, bam, goes the knife in your back. Um, Because women won't pick up their, their actual form of power, which is their voice, their compassion, their actions. Now, I understand historically this has, you know, we we have good reason as women to have chosen silence, to have chosen safety, to have chosen looking the other way. And in doing that, we've co-created what we are now living and don't like. Um, So one of the things women have to figure out is where are they participating in a form of power that they don't like, but they're using to stay safe or get ahead or, you know, um, you know, get some sort of social power 
and be honest about it. And then also, on the other hand, be willing to, you know, stand for something, as I call it, um, stand to something. Meaning, you know, if you feel um, there's no reason for people in America to go to bed hungry, what are you doing about that? One of the challenges for everybody at this point is we're we're going from one age where we all accommodated to being uh, participants in power over, um, and we gave the people who had that power over us a disproportionate amount of power and authority to everyone's got to be their own authority now. Now, that doesn't mean they we can do whatever we want. You know, for every action, there's a, a consequence. But it does mean um, we can't claim the mantle of being a victim and powerless and helpless um, as much. Now, it's not a black and white process. It's not like that old way is gone and that new way is shining and bright. It's not that way, of course. We have to help this young um, and and different way of having power and and having relationships and you know being leaders we have to help it and women have that invitation to be empowering differently to be leading differently because we're not as bound up we're not as shall we say compromised as men are simply because men have had the historical benefit of being that power over women. Um, You know, not that far back, women were still considered property. I mean, they still are in many parts of the world, but, you know, I'm talking Western culture, but in many parts of the world, women still are property. Um, So, you know, not not unlike a a cattle or a horse. Um, So this is not a overnight learning curve or behavioral change but it starts with each one of us in our day in our actions with our choices and um and that is to pick up courage pick up you know be willing to tell the truth about where we are still choosing to be victims and to be honest about what scares us so that we can then seek safety and support for exercising more courage and less feeling powerless and helpless. So, you know, one of the things I realize is everybody has this place. Okay? Every woman on the planet has this place. And um, whether you have a lot of money, whether you don't have a lot of money, it's because if you are experiencing life as a woman, you have experiences in your past in your history where you were treated badly because for no other reason than you were a woman and that lives in our cells um what is that that um, the study of this is epigenetics where they're realizing that there are patterns energy patterns and trauma patterns that literally go from one generation to another through dna that the DNA is not just biology encoding, it's also energetic encoding because our biology is affected by what happens to us physically and emotionally. You know, it's not like it's um, it's sterile from real life. So it's why every woman 
I've ever worked with and I know on the planet has in her DNA having been abused, having been victimized, having been treated very badly. You know, second-class citizen would have been a good life. And we have to we have to deal with this. We can't just override it. We can't just ignore it. You know, overriding it shows up as, you know, rage, raging um, in a marriage. It shows up raging at, a, you know, a son. It shows up raging, you know, at someone who reminds them of their mother who didn't keep them safe or didn't give them the support they needed as a child. We all need to number one, see that, number one, understand it with compassion, and number three, um, tend to it. Because otherwise we will stay, as I call it, we will just kind of circle the drain. We will not progress for ourselves, for our daughters, for our friends, for assuming the mantle that the world is, is really asking us to assume. Now, by the world, I don't mean the people in control. I mean the evolutionary world. Um, and when I talk about compassion as a form of power, when we offer ourselves first compassion for where we find ourselves, where we find ourselves afraid to speak up, where we f- find ourselves you know, saying something around someone's back and then smiling at their face when we, you know, we all know what that costs us. We all know how that diminishes not only that other person, but really ourself more. But when we offer ourselves compassion for there is our roots, deep historical roots for this, we begin to address it. And that is where we start. Offer compassion as the powerful choice to all wounds, and then tend to the healing. And the healing is to really go within yourself to establish relationship with a form of power nothing can touch, which is the power of your spirit and the power of your soul. Um, You know, if you watch the movies that inspire they're about the power of the spirit against great odds. I mean, I was watching Shankshaw Redemption, and you know, for like the tenth time the other day um, with one of my children, and you know, she turned to me and she said, "That is just so inspiring. How, you know, his spirit just never gave up." And she said, even though his body, you know, was at you know was at an edge of almost dying. And I said, yes, because that is the one strength. You can break someone's spirit, but it's the last thing to be broken. And if you connect with your soul and your spirit, then that soul will take action in its way to protect the spirit to its destiny, to living the life that we came to go from A point A to point Z for. So with You know, this is one of the reasons that the whole, you know, in the 90s, 80s, 70s, um, spirituality began to separate from institutions. Institutions, religious institutions were set up to originally house and contain and be kind of a, you know, constellation place for mystical teachings. And then they became businesses. 
And the business of religion took over the mystical and the spiritual. So as we're coming into an age where everyone is being asked to claim their own authority, to to live true to their most deep values and truths, the reason spirituality has begun to separate from religious organizations and is really, you know, calling to more and more people is because that is part of the inner authority. The inner authority cannot be through what we think. What we think is is based on the past, it's based on fear, it's based on pride and safety, and yet it, it it's the mind thinks in a way that is very limited. It it's always going through the past files and saying, okay, what is really safe? And the problem with the past is the past is the past. It's meant to be learned from. It's not meant to be repeated. So if we're only reviewing past files, instead of going within ourselves and saying, okay, I have a GPS system. I have an infinite power system and guidance and energy system within me. Let me use that to guide my thoughts, my actions, my deeds for going forward and, and into my future, then you are coming, you're using basically a source for yourself that's unique to you, but it's also meant to move you forward. So when you begin to reframe power as the power of compassion, power of heart, soul, spirit, the power of healing, for answering the call of leadership that that honors all life as sacred and as all beings as sacred, then you begin to bump up into where you are afraid of speaking up, stepping up, making that different choice. And that is where you have to reach out for help. You have to reach out for a guide, a mentor who has experience with this, who has gone through his or her trial by fire with this more than you have. You know, we're all, (laughs) it's a spectrum. We're all in a learning curve around how to empower in a different way, how to claim the power of compassion, of nurturing, of, of tending, of serving, and to embrace power that's both and. It's power with each other. It's power from what challenges us within each challenge is the key is 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 energy power for us to claim to solve that problem to tend to that problem and to create more joy with you know interacting with that problem and these are very different dynamics these are very different paradigms so um and and yes your meditation your intuition your communities can help you with it, but there's times you, you know, it, it's it's kind of like the difference between if you were going to lose, uh, learn French that was uh, conversational enough French to live in France, tapes are great, you can read lots of books, watch lots of videos, but if you really want to hone it and 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 engage it with proficiency, you're most likely going to hire a teacher. So when when you get to a roadblock, when you go, how do I learn to speak up when I'm shaking in my boots? How 
you know, what helps is to have someone on the other side of you, not only who's been through it at least before you, but also can be on the other side of it versus immersed in the experience and the fear of it. And that is, you know, as the Greeks knew, this is why they considered each other. We, we consider each other as, um, what do they call it? We consider, the Greeks considered each other, the devils, and the, the, the people who would help us know what the devils and the angels were on our shoulders. And to make us choose the devils to let go of and to embrace the angels. So I'm going to leave you on that note. We all have de- devils and we all have angels. They sit on our shoulder. We can't really see them. And we can't always tell which one's the devil and which one's the angel because, again, sometimes what common culture tells you is wrong or bad is actually the door to go through for you and for where you are. And as I said, this is why, you know, over, over civilization's time, People have chosen to have mentors, to have guides, to have teachers that they ask them to guide them into and through the realms that are not the five senses. Um, So I could keep going on this, you know, power, where do you find power? Power is always about claiming your own inner authority, but how to do that and how to know that that's what you're doing. You need a teacher, you need a guide, you need a mentor. So... I'm going to leave us with that thought because my time is up, and I wish you a wonderful rest of July. Take care.